Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, hello there. This is Dr. Kelly Pearson back with you with 8 Minutes to Ageless. And we're still continuing with the two bounce protocol. We just have a few more to go. And then we'll get to the total of 12 and we can start talking about some other issues. But my hope is that as you've been listening, you're adding one by one by one these stretches so you can do them all in tandem. And really important so that at the end of four minutes every morning, you've taken your body through that cardinal range of motion so that why the heck would you ever get stiffer if every day you stay on top of it? with just a little bit of effort. So last time when we spoke, I talked about the importance of recognizing that people might not always be hopeful that they can do these things that I'm talking about, but more importantly, make a difference and even yet be a person who actually feels better. And so I decided to share a story or two each podcast, and I'm going to share something today that happened many years ago for me. As a young chiropractor, probably my 10th year of practice, I really wanted to put together a collaborative back care program with different disciplines, physicians, MDs, surgeons, rheumatologists, chiropractors, physical therapists, massage therapists, occupational experts, and acupuncture actually was added in that list as well as psychology. But that many years ago, it was kind of an idea before its time, whereas today, this is something we see much more commonly. But at the time, there was a clinic in Saskatchewan that I heard about that was doing something of this sort, uh, particularly as it related to dealing with chronic pain for those people who'd been injured on the job. So one winter, sadly not summer, I flew up to Saskatchewan to observe this clinic. And this particular clinic was consisted of an MD, a physiotherapist, and a chiropractor. And in Canada, physiotherapists are a little different than the physios here in the States. They've got perhaps they have a little bit more scope of practice, but nonetheless, it's got a similar role as they do here. And how it went was this one particular patient who had been really bothered by back pain for well over four years was a patient who was getting an ultimate examination to try to figure out what needs to be done, if anything, or if, or care wasn't going to be helpful in the future, and to essentially define his status with the state so that he could go on to disability or go on to a treatment protocol that would have given him some benefit. So my job was really just to sit and watch, which uh, (laughs) is harder than one thinks. So I sat in the corner of the room and how they had it structured was first the MD came in and he went through a consultation asking him a myriad of questions about his condition and then an examination, taking his body through ranges of motion and provocative testing to see where the pain was and that type of thing. 
And once that had been completed, he came out and did a pass off to the next provider, who was in this case, the physiotherapist. And I was allowed to be part of that collaborative meeting. And the DMD explained in very short order what he felt was wrong with this patient, both from a mental perspective, perhaps an attitude and or physical problem. And so the PT had then the benefit of the first provider's contact. And he went in again, took another hour, went through the same process, the consultation and the examination. While there were some similarities of questioning and procedures, there was certainly some differences. And the process continued for the end of that hour. Then he came out, physio, and passed off onto the chiropractic physician what he felt was the primary concerns and also relayed what the medical doctor had thought. So now the chiropractor had the benefit of two previous providers and went in and spent yet a third hour with this individual going through the similar tasks and yet some slightly different questions and slightly different procedures. And when he was done, the patient was to sit in the room until somebody came in to get him. And I elected to stay in the room with him And knowing now that I couldn't influence the process had been completed, I wasn't going to start a conversation with him. But if he were to say anything to me, I decided I would probably respond. And his interesting comment he made was, wow, that was really interesting. And I said, well, would you mind if I asked why you felt that was interesting? He said, because during those, these last three hours, I was able to kind of hear myself speak about my pain and go through this testing of which none of it really hurt. And to be honest with you, I haven't had pain for well over six, eight months. I'm just terrified that the pain will come back. And I thought that was so fascinating to him that in this long drawn out procedure of being investigated thoroughly by three people, he was actually able for the first time to say out loud that he no longer was in pain but he was afraid that his future would again hold something he experienced in the past. He essentially had no hope of his ability to sustain a sense of recovery, which is the absence of hope again. So for him, it was a brilliant process because he could see how he was holding himself back from feeling good, from trying to get back into life's activities of day-to-day living instead of living in fear of the pain. Now, sadly, I do not know the outcome of this individual, but what I will say is it it inspired me to step forward and have these conversations with my patients all the more in terms of what their conscious knowledge was about their situation and if they felt they had improved over time or if they were fearful that they might not. So thank you for listening to that and hopefully it's generating some thoughts for you as you're questioning the status of your body you know do you feel like you can do these things i'm talking about well i would say the answer is yes we just have to find simple ways to do it if it's hard for you so this stretch is designed for the quadricep muscles those muscles that are located in front of the thigh they go from the knee up to the hip and Their job is they extend your leg. They cause your leg to be extended. So if you were to, for instance, stand up tall and bring your left leg up and without bending your knee and lifting your leg up, that would be your quadricep. And if you were to do a lunge, for instance, and let's say you lunge forward with that left leg and you um, had to pick something up, your quadricep muscles or the muscles that must engage in order for your knee not to collapse. And in truth, because we do so much sitting, 
the quadricep muscle can be shortened a lot, and as can the hip flexors, which lie even deeper in the pelvis than that. So the quads have a proclivity for tightening up on patients. And anytime you have a muscle that's too tight, always the truth of the matter is upon any injury or trauma where you're forced to endure a movement that maybe you didn't have quite the strength to handle, tight muscles will always be the ones that tear. And it's not just the muscle that tears, it's the tendon that attaches the muscle to the bone. So it's very easy then to, if you were to be caught off guard and your quadricep muscle had to keep you from falling all the way to the ground and yet it fails because it's not strong enough and your knee gets pounded on the ground, let's say, that quadricep tendon might be strained or resulting in pain around the knee or maybe the bursal sac becomes inflamed because it was impacted as well. So it's super important that we understand that stretching that quadricep muscle is key given the fact that it tends to be shortened on us because of all the sitting that we do. So how do you do this this test? Well, I would recommend at first you hang on to a wall or something. And if you're prone to cramping, you might find as you try to lift your heel up towards your butt that you might cramp in your hamstring. Electrolytes, we'll talk about that later, but they're good to take if you have a proclivity for cramping. But what you can do, if you cannot reach back down and bend your knee and grab your hand to the front of your foot, and then bring your foot back to your bum. If you can't do that because it's too weak or it's too tight, while wearing a pair of pants, you can grab your back of your pant leg and pull that up towards your bum. Or if you had a tie from your bathrobe that could lasso your ankle, you could tie that tightly around your ankle and then pull it up towards your bum. The key here is that if you can stand as erect as possible, because that's going to stretch the quadricep a little bit more. If you're bent forward at your hip, that quad can stay in a somewhat short position. And then as you're pulling that leg back, whether you're grabbing the foot or you're grabbing the back of your pant or you're hanging on to the tie of your bathrobe, you want to try to bring your now bent knee towards the other knee of the straight leg. If your bent knee leg is forward of your other knee, that quadricep is tight. And so if you can gently pull it back into a two bounce, first to your soft edge, and as you exhale a little bit further, that's going to be extraordinary. You're going to feel some tightness in the front of the quad. But remember, our goal is to try to maintain erect posture. And this muscle will definitely, when tight, cause it to stand up and walk with a forward bend in our hips, which allows then gravity to pound down on us even more. So really critical that you try to maintain an erect posture as you do this, and moreover that you try to create a close proximity of one knee next to the other knee. Now you can test this another way to see if it is tight, and it's very simple to do, where you lay on your back on your bed, let's say, and you then pull your knee up to your chest and as you do that, if you have a really tight quadricep muscle, your other leg will kind of be hanging out in space. It'll be tight. The leg won't just be dropping down to the ground. Now, in truth, this is also testing your hip flexors, the ones deeper in the front of the pelvis. But if you can now, let's say you're laying on your back, let's say all the way to your knee, the bed is all the way to the knee of your right leg, and you're pulling your left knee up. 
If your leg just sticks straight out and it cannot bend at the knee, likely you have tightness of your quadriceps. It's not the best way to test it, but it generally is a useful, useful way to do that. So let's get the quads lengthened so that they are not more prone to be upset. Because if they are and you strain the tendon, you're going to feel it likely into the knee. And this then becomes a situation where people say, oh yeah, one time I hurt my knee and it hurt so bad to bend it. I stopped bending. I stopped squatting. Yeah, that's when I just kind of quit squatting. It was too uncomfortable. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a death knell. If you choose to stop squatting, that's one of the quickest ways to really cut down functional years on your life. And if you've had knee pain for which you don't know what to do other than don't bend, your knee, you're just going to get weaker and tighter and stiffer and more prone to tendonitis. And then when the knee doesn't get to go through its full functional happy range of motion with you enjoying the ability to squat and stand up, guess what it does? We've talked about this a little bit already, but when joints are not allowed to go through their full range of motion, the body responds by developing a backup plan. And that backup plan is the development of osteoarthritis. Is the body saying, wow, this part doesn't move very well. They don't want it to move very well. Let's build bony bridges and add spurs and extra bone in and around the joint to cause things from not moving further. And then when you don't have the movement, then the cartilage breaks down. The cartilage is one of those tissues that really loves movement. And if you have that full range of motion, the cartilage stays a lot, lot healthier. And that's why maybe some of you have had knee surgeries and they put you in something called a passive range of motion device where your knee is bending and straightening and bending and straightening automatically on this electrical device because you don't want it to not move. The cartilage, the new tissue that really likes that kind of movement. So let's be really careful not to ignore the power of taking care of your quadricep. And I would say of all the stretches, this one can be the most frustrating because it's tighter than you expect. So just be gentle with yourself. And if you can't get your knee back all the way, take it where it's at. Meet yourself where you're at. And over time, move to your better place. So I thank you very much for your excellent attention today. And next time we're going to talk a little bit more about some hip work. So again, thank you. And I appreciate you as always. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.